Today is Twitter Tuesday, and the first question is, what is the strength of the Chargers defense now with big acquisitions like J.C. Jackson and Cuyo Mack? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six years, but we're heading into our fifth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, it is Twitter Tuesday, and we are turning it over to the fans on today's show. And you guys really responded at Lockdown LAC on Twitter. You guys really came through a big burst at the end to get a lot of really quality questions on today's show, including what is the strength of the Chargers defense? David, I know we've talked many times about how much better the Chargers defense has gotten. You know, we haven't really talked about what the strength is because there's some really good players in the secondary. There's obviously a couple of really good edge rushers, and I think, you know, that speaks for itself, but we are going to get into that as well as the which offseason acquisition is going to make the biggest impact for the Chargers this year. What part of the offense is going to improve going into 2022 with some additions, you know, on the offensive line with Gerald Everett and guys like that. And then we'll also talk about what Isaiah Spiller is going to do as a rookie. If Jerry Tillery is finally going to have a breakout season for like the seventh season in a row and what we're looking forward to in the schedule release that's coming up here this week. But, David, it starts with the defense, and that's exciting (laughs) for Chargers fans because that was such an obvious sore last year when you're giving up 27 points per game and you're in the bottom of the league and making you know the offense and Justin Herbert have to show up in heroic fashion every week to get you a win. And I think (laughs) just on paper, we've talked about how much this Chargers defense has improved, but – we do have a Twitter question that we have to start with here, and it's a good one from Kevin, the Red Dog 88 on Twitter. With the offseason additions on defense, do you see the strength of the defense for next year? What do you see as the strength of the defense for next year? Secondary D-line or edge? That is tough, mostly because you can't really compare secondary and edge rushers because that's safeties and corners. So you really right. have to go position to position, right, David? So when you're looking at the positions on the defensive side of the ball, cornerback, Safety, we know there's all pro players at those positions, right? Edge rusher, a couple of them. And the defensive line is very improved as well. The linebackers are probably out of this conversation as far as yes. the inside linebackers go. I'm sorry, linebackers. Yes. But there's some big dogs that need to get fed here. So, David, when you're looking at what you think the Chargers' strength is defensively now with everything they've added in this offseason, what do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going with the secondary here, Daniel. I just think they've really That's not an option. Up. I just said that. <laughs> It's, it's either corners, safeties, edge rushers, defensive tackles. I know. I was, I was trying to cheat here. I was trying to cheat. <laughs> now, uh, if we're talking about just top-end complete talent, I think it's it's definitely edge. I mean, you have Joey Bosa and you have Khalil Mack, two of the more complete players in the league, with Joey Bosa being in just an excellent pass, pass rusher and also equally fantastic against the run. And, oh, by the way, Khalil Mack is just as good at, at both of those things. And just how, you know, they are going to complement each other, I think is just so exciting. And that's the reason why just such premium 
top end talent at the edge position for the Chargers. Yeah, and I mean, to me, that's probably, I mean, it went from being something we questioned after the draft when they didn't address it to now I think being one of the biggest strengths of their team because one of the things he's talked about consistently is how much he thinks he provides as a, you know, a pass rusher specifically as opposed to a linebacker. I think he'll play some linebacker too. It's hard to keep him off the field, especially, you know, when you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack going already, right? Both of those dudes are healthy, but... That guy can be a straight-up edge rusher, too, and he's a proven edge rusher, a two-time Super Bowl champion edge rusher, and that gives you some really, really good depth there and just really improves the overall talent of your front seven, You know, no matter where he's going. I think those two dudes, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, just makes it the strength as far as a position group goes. I mean, if you're talking about pass defense, you know, against pass rush, maybe that's a different story because, I mean, you look at the secondary now, and you have a lot more guys you feel good about. You have Derwin. Nazir Adderley, it's kind of a make-or-break year, I would say, for him. But you okay. also have J.C. Jackson. You have Bryce mm-hmm. Callahan. You have Asante Samuel Jr. You have Michael Davis. You have a guy like J.T. Woods who might be in the mix his rookie year. So it's so much deeper than it once was. But to say just that's the full-blown strength, that safety, with just really Derwin James as the only proven you know, Pro Bowl-level player. And then at corner, you have a couple of guys, Bryce Callahan, right, and, uh, and Asante Samuel Jr., who you feel really good about, you know, and have played well in spurts. Obviously, Callahan more than Asante, but J.C. Jackson's the only one guy there that you would put even near the same level as, like, yeah. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack because those two, right. two dudes, all pro-level players, and there's yeah. two of them at the same position. I like what the Chargers have done on the interior as well, Sebastian oh, yeah. Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, but the strength, if you're talking about the biggest strength, on the Chargers team, it has to be those edge rushers now, which is yeah. a great thing to say because the other great thing about those dudes, they're all multi-talented. They all yeah. do both. They all can do everything you need from that position in Brandon Staley's defense. And you have literally the guy that Brandon Staley has hailed as like the perfect player for his defense, and it's Khalil Mack now. So yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to see that. But we also have another question. It kind of goes along with this from Friar Bolt on Twitter who asks, who do you think will have the biggest impact from this year's offseason acquisitions? So, I mean, I think it comes down to the two guys, David, because you only added two guys who have been on all pro teams. Yes. <laughs> you added J.C. Jackson and you added Khalil Mack. As much as, I mean, it's going to be so great for, you know, the Chargers to have Zion Johnson, that's like a long play kind of thing. I mean, yeah. that's just, you feel really good about that position potentially for the next five years while he's under contract. And that really solidifies things on the inside. He's going to make an impact as a rookie. And I, yeah. I don't mind saying that now. But when you're talking about biggest impact, David, it's those two dudes. It's J.C. Jackson and it's Khalil Mack. Yeah, a hundred percent. But which yeah. one would you pick? But which one do I pick? I and mean, I've said it. Pick? I've said it before, but I'll, I'll say it again. It, it, it's There's Khalil no Mack. I mean, yeah, it, it's Khalil Mack, guys. I mean, Khalil Mack, for what it's going to do for Joey Bosa, is the biggest reason why this is going to be the most impactful signing or you know just acquisition of this offseason. Because you can't double team Joey Bosa anymore. You can't triple team him. You know, you're not going to be able to chip him as much because you have to deal with that other monster on the other side and Khalil Mack. And that's going to uh, that's going to bring a lot more isolations, a lot more one on one situations. I would not be surprised if, if Joey Bosa's pass rush win rate this season is the highest it's ever been in his career because of what Khalil Mack is capable of doing on the other side. Yeah, I mean, I think it, the total pressures and things like that would be more up just because, I mean, pass rush run weight is a one-on-one kind of metric anyways. Yeah. But I think as far as the opportunities he's going to get to actually produce those eye-popping numbers that we haven't seen from him, right? We haven't seen a 14-sack season yeah. or a 13-and-a-half-sack season. I think that's what could change, right? Yes. Because I think that actually those statistical things plus 
also the ability of what you did on the inside, right, with the guys like Sebastian Joseph Day to get them in more favorable positions. Like Joey Bosa just didn't have enough chances last year to really have true passing down sets where he got a true pass rush that couldn't just be a quick throw right off the bat, right? So, yeah. like, that's going to be hugely important as well. But, like, there's a dude on the Chargers that won all pro <laughs> at two different positions, and that's Cool Mack. Like, to think that if that dude is healthy, isn't going to be the biggest yeah. impact player for this team, I think is laughable because, like, he has a chance to be the best defensive player on the Chargers because he, at one point he was the best defensive player in the in league. The so, like, it's yeah. not that much of a reach, even though Joey Bosa is 26, and that's ridiculous. And Derwin James is super young as well. Like, this dude's actually been the defensive player of the year, not the defensive yeah. rookie of the year, nothing like that. He's been the best defensive player in the NFL. So he is easily the biggest offseason acquisition to me. And the Chargers are making a big bet on him, right? Because oh, yeah. it's going to be huge cap hits coming up these next couple of years. And he's going to have to go in and play well right away to kind of justify that. But if you're listening to Brandon Staley and you want to trust Brandon Staley everywhere else, you know, and all of those other things that he does, trust him when he says Khalil Max can come back and anyone who doesn't think that doesn't know him the way that Brandon Staley does. And I think if you're a Chargers fan, that's the biggest comfort that you can kind of get. Where I'm putting my money. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely for sure. But that's just a couple of the great Twitter questions that we have on a great Twitter Tuesday. So coming up next after this, we'll get into the offensive side of things, Ryan, talk about how much the Chargers really have improved offensively over this offseason and what we're expecting from new RB2 Isaiah Spiller. So we're going to get into that. But I do think that the Chargers right now, you know, they're pushing all in for a Super Bowl, and guys like J.C. Jackson, guys like Kyle Van Noy, guys like Khalil Mack, those are championship-level players that you're adding. But if you think the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl, take your money and run to BetOnline.net, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, where you can find great odds on every sport. But Chargers specifically, you can bet where you think they're going to end up in the AFC West. Justin Herbert's MVP odds are skyrocketing through the roof. And, I mean, he's the number one quarterback on there he's the most likely quarterback to win the mvp according to betonline.net but it's not just football guys playoff basketball is on right now those games have been absolutely nuts you have baseball you have the stanley cup hockey playoffs as well that's been absolutely crazy as well there's so many things even esports playoffs and anything and you can even change your fate with live betting that's one of the other great things about betonline.net things aren't going the way you thought they were which that's happened to me a couple of times. You can change your fate, bet live, and get a better bet. Get your money back and win a lot of money. Because that's, I mean, what everyone is trying to do. Uh, BetOnline.net, you're going to have the most fun trying to do that because they have so many specials and great things going on at all times. So make sure you guys get over there because they have every sport you're looking for, even your favorite Vegas casino games at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, well, continuing here on this Twitter Tuesday, thank you guys again for hitting us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. We really appreciate all of your guys' questions, and thank you again for making us your first listen today. But we are on to the offensive side of things, David, here with Antonio Grillo Neto. And I might have just butchered that name, but he's not here to tell me otherwise. Maybe he'll hit me up at Dan Talk Sports. What do you guys think will improve from last year from an offensive standpoint? So, David, I'll let you get the first crack at this one because I think I have some very obvious points. Yeah, I think for for me, uh, first of all, it's just going to be the the rushing yards. I think the rushing yards are going to the go up game. here. Yeah, the running game is going to be much better, much more efficient. I think there, there's going to be a lot less pressure on Justin Herbert because of that fact. I think there's going to be a more efficient running game, which is also going to get a better version of Austin Eckler out there because he's not going to have to be on the field as much. You're going to be able to spell him a little bit more, which also is going to in turn improve the play action 
that you're going to see. I think that they're going to be play action a lot more and a lot more effectively this year, which will also lead to more deep passes. I just think it's going to be a more efficient, more exciting offense, but you're not going to have to ask Justin Herbert to do as much as he did last year. I mean, and that's the plan, right? That's what you're hoping for. But I think as far as the running game goes, like one of the things that the analytical people always try to hammer is like the best running back is the running back that has a really good offensive line in front of him. And Indeed. Austin Eckler creates magic. And, you know, there's certain things that special running backs can do to, you know, create more yards than expected. But at the same time, the best thing you can do to improve your running game is to improve your offensive line. And I think what the Chargers can do now that they couldn't last year is they can beat you in way more ways. I mean, teams weren't afraid of the Chargers rushing attack last year, even though they right. they had some good games right here and there. But now it's like they can be physical and big up front if they want to and push you around, right? They yeah. can be finesse and throw 40 times a game with the guys they have out there, you know, as long as they have a, a good plan to help someone like Trey Pipkins on the right side, if that's what the case is going to be. But, like, they can beat you in so many different ways now, and it was so singularly faceted last year with Justin Herbert on his arm to go win them games. Now you're more balanced. But just from a personnel standpoint, right, Jamari Sawyer helps you there if that's what has to come in because you're not going to have another Senio Kilomete game, assuming he's going to be the first backup guard off the bench. Your running game on the interior with the push with someone like Zion Johnson is going to get better. From a free agency standpoint, you have Gerald Everett, right? So I think if you're looking for improvements in the Chargers offense, you look at Gerald Everett being an upgrade over someone like Jared Cook, a more athletic version, right, at tight end that you're getting, a guy who brings more yards after the catch and things like that. Plus another year of improvement for not just Donald Parham, but also Trey McKitty. I mean, those dudes have, you know, a very reasonable chance that they're going to be better than they were last year. So they're going to improve from that standpoint. And I don't think there's a drop off from Jared. Well, and Justin Herbert, too. I mean, this is the exactly. second year for Justin Herbert in an offense, which hasn't happened at all in his professional and just career. Third year in the NFL, career. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many things for Justin Herbert. Like, I think from a skill position standpoint, it's like it's hard to say, OK, well, Justin Herbert's now going to throw for you know, 5,300 yards this yeah. year, right? And 70 touchdowns. But, like, he's going to get better. I think part of that will probably be less turnovers, even yes. though, I mean, there were, I think, I think the amount of weird turnovers that he had last year are going to regress to the mean. And what I mean by that is tip balls, things of that nature, receivers falling down, receivers like, you know, Jared Cook and Summons is not running the right route and getting a ball pick sixth, right? Those things, I think, will regress down to the mean. But I think the the turnovers will be a big part of that, right? Even though, I mean, I think some things like passing yards and things like that could go down, right? you know, yeah. just because like three for 5,000 yards last year, in part because he was all they had he in had a to. lot of games yeah. and, and he had to bail them out. But expecting the offense to still be better than an offense that was top five last year with the pieces they currently have. Let's get to Donnie from Wisconsin inducted back into the Bolt fam after the last voicemail show. But he asked, without injury, do you think the over under? 700 total yards from scrimmage for Isaiah Spiller this year. So that's a great question. I think it's a very solid over under. So David, are you going to go over or under that for the Chargers new RB2? That's a pretty successful rookie season for a guy who's coming in to be a backup. Yeah, I agree. Um, that would be a successful season, but I also am hammering the over on that. I, I feel like uh, Mr. Spiller has a good opportunity to get 10 to 15 touches per game. And could be more than that. I think that he's going to handle a lot of the inside carries. I think he's going to get a lot of the short yardage situations. 
I feel like there are there's room for that. I think Austin Eckler was on the field a whole lot more than he wanted to. And he's also an adequate pass catcher. And we're talking about all purpose yards here. I think this is a guy who can get catch some patches out of the backfield and get you some tough yards. I think there is some some touches there um, for, for him to take advantage of in, in the 17 game season. I'm I'm going with the over. So, I mean, 10 to 15 touches, a lot of touches. I mean, you have to look at how many rushes and things like that Austin Eckler even had last year. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you were somewhere around like 18 touches per game as the starting guy, right? So, like, that might be a little high for me. I'm definitely not hammering the over. I think it's a good over-under. <laughs> but if you're looking back at last season, what the three running backs they used in committee did, Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree. Yeah. That's a pretty low bar, uh, right. you know, just as far as those guys didn't perform well. So he could easily outperform those guys. But those guys in total receiving yards and rushing yards had 768 yards. So do you think Isaiah Spiller as a rookie can pretty much recreate what those dudes did last year? The three of them. And you're also assuming that none of those guys are going to get touches as well, which is for me is where I hesitate because I could still see one of these two dudes or maybe even an undrafted free agent that sneaks onto the roster, taking some of those touches too. It might not be just or Xander Horvath. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Xander Horvath, but I'd love to see it. You know, I, I just <laughs> as a, a science experiment, you know, it might explode. You know, something good might happen. You just don't know, and that intrigues me. Um, but I think that's the thing. It's like if I knew, and, and I'm assuming health, right? Obviously, yeah, Austin Eckler goes yes. down. I'm assuming Eckler and Spiller are staying healthy all right. season, right? So. I think he's going to get the lion's share of that second back role. I just don't know who else they're going to incorporate there. So 700 sure. yards easily. I think he'd, he could do that. It's just, is he going to get enough touches to do that? That's what I don't know, but yeah, that's a good point. He has the talent to do it. And I think whatever yards he does have, which will be more important this year are going to come more efficiently, right? Because yes. that's just a, we're just talking volume right there. That's a lot yeah. of touches. It took those dudes to get those numbers. Definitely. I think he will be a lot more efficient. <laughs> With the numbers he does get, right? And if he gets yes. close to that many, as many, you know, targets and rushes as those dudes have, he could easily outperform that number. For sure. Let's get to one more offensive question here from Bob Connolly, who asks, since they passed on a speed wide receiver in the draft, do you think the Chargers feel that DeAndre Carter can fill that role and be more than just a return man? I would have loved Calvin Austin. You and David Drogemeyer both. I was always a little afraid of the height, weight part of it, just, you know, and the durability of someone that sure. size. Yes. And I, you know, I think the NFL kind of showed that, you know, because that dude was more talented than a fourth-round pick, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, just from everyone that we watched and what he did at the Senior Bowl and all those things. Yeah. So first things first, right? DeAndre Carter runs a 4-4-4. So that's not right. necessarily your blazing speed. Jalen Guyton ran a faster 40 than that, if we're just going off that. The yes. one thing I do think he brings to the table, David, is the yak, right, yes. if they want to use him. And we have heard Brandon Steele. The lateral quickness. Sure, and, and yeah. just in the quick game and, and things like that, making yes. people miss after the catch, you know, creating his own yards. And we've heard Brandon Staley talk about, you know, him as part of the offense, you know, and Sarah yeah. Tom Tuesco, you know, hey, we also yeah. have DeAndre Carter this year as far yeah. as, you know, why we didn't address wide receiver. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely got him. I, I think uh, in training camp, you're going to see them definitely, you know, give him the opportunity to try to carve out a role and see what that looks like and see what that element is can add to the offense. I still think, you know, right now they think that Jalen Guyton is the speed guy. And I think they're expecting him to continue to grow. They've, 
they've spoken on the fact that he has progressed year over year and have gotten better. So I, I think that they, you know, they're invested in him and, and the way, the way he is going to be in the offense. But yeah, I think you're going to see Deandre Carter as, uh, as part of the offense as well. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to try to, you know, carve out a role. Cause I mean, Joe Lombardi's all about tools in the toolbox, right? I mean, get me as many different types of people that can, you know, do things with the football in, in open space. And Deandre Carter would definitely qualify. Well, and they even tried to get Andre Roberts on the field last yeah, year, right? To, times. to do some of those things. Like it seemed like they were desperate to find that guy. They let Jalen Guyton kind of try out that role as far as jet sweeps and, and quick plays and screens and stuff like that. They tried Andre Roberts with some of those things. So it seems like they do want a guy who can do that. You know, and that's kind of what we thought Joe Reed would be originally, you know, when the Chargers drafted him and he's still kind of hanging around. I mean, he's is on the roster right now as part of the Chargers ninety man roster. But we only have seen one season of production with him as a receiver, and it was a beat-up Washington team, right? I yes. mean, with a team with way less weapons. I mean, it's just hard. It's going to be really hard to find your targets on it's this only one Chargers football. offense. Yeah. I mean, because Josh Palmer is going to be a factor, too. The Chargers aren't yeah. going out there and running a bunch of four wide sets. You know, I can no. tell you that much for sure. That's not what they're going to do. If anything, you're going to see, I think, more, you know, 22 personnel and, yeah. and bigger packages this year with the additions that they're making, the way they're seemingly trying to go with this thing being multidimensional like that. But I'm excited to see what DeAndre Carter can do, and I'm excited there's yeah. going to be some competition for those spots, especially as a punt returner, because the Chargers haven't had a good punt returner, and I don't remember how long. Because even the best of Travis Benjamin was always undone by muff punts and you know yes. fumbles and things like that. But we also have some other great Twitter Tuesday questions, including is this finally the season that Jerry Tillery has his breakout year? We're also going to get into what we're looking forward to in the schedule release that's coming up on Thursday, you know, what we're hoping to see once that thing gets released or once the schedule release happens. And we're also going to get into much more. Would Phillip Rivers win a Super Bowl with this current Chargers roster? All that and more coming up after this. But I can tell you one thing that's not broken, David, rockauto.com, because they have the cheapest auto parts in the business. And if you have anything broken on your car, the first place to go is rockauto.com because you don't want to have to go to a chain auto parts store. Talk to the guy at the counter and have him ask you some questions that you're probably not going to go know the answers to if you're like me. I don't know a ton about cars. I would way, way, way rather not talk to a human that I can feel embarrassed in front of. Go online at rockauto.com, and I've done it three separate times now. I've gotten parts from rockauto.com. I type in what kind of car I have. I can at least get that part down as far as my car knowledge and a few easy clicks. I'm finding the part that I need at a great price because that's the one thing you get with rock auto you're not only getting the parts that you need and the biggest inventory something no chain auto parts store is ever going to be able to have but you're also getting this best price available why spend 20 30 even 50 percent more on any auto parts when you can go to rockauto.com support a family-owned business and get the best price so to see the type of parts they have for your car or truck make sure to go to rockauto.com and see all the things they have available and make sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David, we have more, and we're going to have to do a little bit of a rapid round here with the rest of the questions on this Twitter Tuesday, trying to get to as many as possible because there's been like three Twitter Tuesdays. Warp speed like, engaged. I mean, I mean, there was a Twitter Tuesday that's like, Khalil Mack got traded to the Chargers, and there was another one where it's like Kyle Van Noy got you know signed with the Chargers. So we've we've gotten away from as many Twitter questions and things like that as we want to use. Always get, trying to get you guys as involved in the show as possible. But we have another one here from J Dav O three on Twitter. I'm guessing I'm going to say your name's John Davenport. I'm not I'm sorry to to ruin that for you, but that's just what I'm guessing. Does Jerry Tillery have a breakout year? 
being surrounded by the defensive line additions. So, David, Jerry Tillery had four and a half sacks last year, his career high, which is not a number to sneeze at for a normal defensive tackle. It's not a terrible number there. But obviously, with Jerry Tillery, the pass rush hasn't been the biggest part of his game. That's yeah. hurt a lot of Chargers fans for sure. It's the run defense and being that all-around player. So, yeah, we've. <laughs> he, I think he's been each of our breakout players before four seasons, right? And, and it was David's last year. Mine was Kenneth Murray. I always have to say that to be fair to David without saying like I'm just, <laughs> you know, banging on for no reason. But like we both totally whiffed on that and we bond into some of the hype. But yeah, is this finally the year, David? I mean, if there was a year, it's it's like more tempting than ever to, to say this, basically. Which is why I'm going to say it like this. I cannot possibly, in good faith, co-sign that Jerry Tillery is for sure going to have a breakout year. But I will say, he has the absolute best opportunity to do so because of the surrounding talent. He has not been with a group that has been anywhere close to as talented as the group he is going to play with this year. So if there is ever going to be a year that he is going to break out, Daniel... This is probably going to be it. Yeah, I know. I think he's going to have the best season of his career from an efficiency standpoint, from maybe a raw numbers standpoint, because I just think, obviously, when you have that pass rush, like we can't use the arguments for Bosa and Khalil Mack, right, without using the arguments for the rest of those guys. Like I think Sebastian Joseph Day can have the most sacks he's ever had, right, in yeah. his career as well. So, like, it goes to all of them. I think he'll have his best season ever, right? And, and, it's just, is that even enough at that point? Is seeing one yeah. season of him doing it enough? And I think that the only way it doesn't happen, just because he, they fed him so many snaps. Like, if oh, it's yeah. anything like last year, I mean, they have way more talent there, so there's a chance it's not. But if Hopefully it's his like usage last year, changes accordingly, right? Those raw numbers were based on getting a ton of snaps. But a they lot. weren't a ton of favorable <laughs> snaps, like we talked about, right? A lot of third right. and shorts and things like that. Not necessarily obvious passing down situations, but we already went long on Jerry Tillery, who's just an enigma that I don't know if we'll know at the beginning of this year or the end of this year. But let's get to Mid-South Matt on Twitter who asks, what do you hope to see on schedule release night? So, David, it's coming up here very quickly, May 12th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. What do you hope to see? I'm hoping, <clears throat> I'm hoping to see four to five primetime games for the Chargers. I, I think they're one of the more young, uh, exciting young football teams in the league, and I feel like you know you should capitalize on all of the attention that has come to the AFC West. And I also want to get the Denver games out of the way early. I want them to be done early because I want to be able to get on top of Russell before he gets comfortable and he gels with his new young wide receivers. Those are the two things I'd like to see come out of the schedule release. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point on the Broncos stuff because, yeah, I mean, that is obviously very scary. Uh, I mean, I think for me, it's seven primetime games. Okay, so that, that's what I would like to see. Seven out of sixteen, or seven out of seventeen. <laughs> you know, uh, I think that for me, kind of going to where you were saying with your second point, no long stretches of travel, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think that that would be a tough thing if you have like a month where you're going to all of these different away games that you have to go to. I know I think the Chargers were the seventh most traveled team this season, so they're going to have like the seventh most travel miles on them, which mm -hmm. already isn't great because those things can play a big factor in a long, long season for these yeah. players. But I do trust in Brandon Staley's kind of developments in those areas, how he handles those long road games, staying an extra day, giving the guys. It seems an extra like he always has a plan. Yeah. When I mean, it, it it seems like most importantly, he genuinely cares about his players, which is yeah. you know something that every coach can say. 
But when you hear other players talk about Brandon Staley, it's as if they're not seeing it for the first time, but it's like, hey, he actually did it. Like he said he was going to do it, and then he actually followed up with it because like he always said, like relationships aren't something that happens overnight. But if you can create that genuine relationship, that's going to be something that lasts a very long time. And, And he wants the best for these players. And that serves him because keeping those players on the field is only going to make his team better. Stoked to get in the Thursday night game out of the way early, too. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, and it would be a nice thing to start the season. I mean, I guess another thing is just like not a murderer's row, right, to start the year. Like, not, <laughs> yes. don't just just absolutely hammer the Chargers early on in the season. But, like, you never really know. Because last year we saw the beginning of the season where we're like, oh, no. Like, that is awful. Like, they might be, th- you know, one and four at one point, you know. But then they end up yeah. doing really well in some of those games. So. <laughs> yeah. You just never know. They beat the Chiefs last year early in the season. But we're going long on that. Let's get to the next question. And finally, we made it to you. Flock with me. Your question has officially made it on the show. We apologize for the wait. Let's try this again, Flock with me says. Since my question wasn't answered last week, Bradbury, James Bradbury, do you think he can be an option for the Chargers? And if not, between wide receiver, defensive tackle, and right tackle, which do we address next? So, James Bradbury, even with the Chargers corners, like obviously you add as many as you can. It's just somebody's going to be willing to pay more than the Chargers are going to be willing to pay them with their salary cap because they are pretty low at this point in their effective cap space. I don't think they're going to sign James Bradbury. But the bigger question is, David, is do we see them try to address one of those other positions before the season? Yeah, I mean, I think we can roll out defensive tackle at this point. I think they they probably are, are set at that position. They've made several acquisitions there. Um, I think the most likely position that they would look to address now, and it, it's the largest glaring hole to us, is is right tackle. I think that you know if they go out there and they find a veteran or you know a post June one cut, who, who knows somebody that can come in and be serviceable, be an upgrade, you know, be a veteran at least at a position that's uh, you know crucially important. And like I said, the biggest glaring hole that the, the Chargers currently have. Yeah, I mean, I think if a position gets picked up, it's probably right tackle. I I mean, I lean towards thinking the Chargers aren't going to make any move of any significant pedigree during this, you know, offseason. But I do think I could see a scenario, obviously injuries aside, because, yeah, I mean, all those would be likely if somebody does go down at one of those positions. But, yeah, defensive tackle, you have Day, right, Joseph Day. You have Johnson. You have Christian Covington. You brought in Tito, right? You also have Jerry Tillery there as well. That's five dudes we pretty much all assume are going to make the roster. That's going to be right. tough to crack there at that position. D, you know, right tackle, you have Pipkins, you have Storm Norton. Wide receiver, you have a lot of dudes too. I mean, right now, you know, DeAndre Carter, who's your main return man, is number five. So maybe they carry six if the you know that six person Carter has some special teams value. But they were rolling with five a lot of last year with K.J. Hill being that guy at the end, that special teams and can play a little bit of receiver. And we all know how that part of that ended. But yeah, I think if there is a position, though, it's right tackle. And I think the only scenario, I think the most likely scenario is like they see how it's going. They're not comfortable with it and they make a really late addition. You know, I'm talking training camp. I'm talking July somewhere around then. But we have one more I wanted to get to a late one that we didn't have time for, but it was so much fun that we couldn't pass it up. Colby Talbert asked if peak Phillip Rivers was given the situation Herbert right now going into the season, does Phil deliver a Super Bowl? David, go. So, you know, with the caveat that we're talking about peak Phillip Rivers sure. here, in his, you know, prime. In, in, in his prime, 
I, I think that there is a very good chance that he could win a Super Bowl with, with this team. I, I think, you know, with the defense that you're going to be playing with, with the offensive line that he really never got an opportunity to play with and, you know, the skill position weapons that he has, the coaching, the aggressive, uh, you know, nature and and how he has, you know, cultivated the culture, just all of those things. I think, yes, I think there's a strong chance that Philip Rivers could win a championship with this squad. I mean, the thing with Philip Rivers was just like, yeah, he could have for sure. So we were talking about it before the show. Like out of all the rosters Philip had, like this would be, if not his best, his second best roster. Yes. Because the only one comparable would probably be the 2016. And I think there's Absolutely. a good argument that this team on paper is better. That team went 14-2. and two, But it was also the first year that Phil Rivers started. Right? So yeah. the best chance he had, kind of like Dan Marino, right? Gets to the Super Bowl his first season, loses, never makes it back. Like for Phil Rivers, he had his best shot. As a, you know, rookie, his first ever season starting, he had LaDainian Tomlinson, an MVP season. Yeah. But at the same time, like, he wasn't the quarterback he was in his prime when he had that loaded roster that he had in those years. So, right. Phillip Rivers, I mean, he definitely could have taken the, you know, he would have his best chance to take the charge to the Super Bowl with this roster that he ever had in his career if he got this roster in his prime. But with Phil, you just never knew, right? <laughs> like that's the thing. The gunslinger, man. You 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 live by the gunslinger, you die by the gunslinger. Phil Rivers is one of the smartest quarterbacks ever. I think the part of it that's really interesting is is he still that type of gunslinger if he yeah. didn't have to be like that? Yeah. Right? If he didn't yeah. have to play hero mode, could he have dialed it back? Could he have played things a little bit smarter? Could he pressed? Could have pressed less, right? Than he yeah. did trying to carry the team on rosters that were, you know, very barren of talent at certain yes. points. When you're throwing, you know, say years or two, two, you know, and some of the things that he had in front of him and some of the patchwork offensive linemen that, you know, pretty much all got released the first year after Justin Herbert got done, right? So uh, that's that's one of those things where, I mean, it would have been his best shot at a Super Bowl. I, I definitely wouldn't put it past him because that yeah. dude was as competitive as hell. And I think, you know, he was more than talented enough to take a team to a Super Bowl in most reasons. When the Chargers lost during Phillip Rivers' tenure and when they were losing playoffs games, playoff games most of the time, that wasn't on Phil. And we were always there saying that in the time as well. But what a good group of questions on a Twitter Tuesday. So Appreciate much good stuff on today's show. Thank you guys for making us your first listen and checking us out on this Twitter Tuesday and for supporting the show and getting your thoughts on it because you guys do make the show better. Thanks for hitting us up at Lockdown LAC. You can also find us on all social media and ask your questions there for when we do Fan Mail Fridays because we'll check from all the different social media platforms. You can find us on Instagram at Lockdown Chargers or on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. You can even comment in the YouTube section of the comments and get your questions in there as well, and we'll try to get them on the show. And make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown YouTube channel, Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel, so you never miss a show, including us on all platforms podcast wise wherever you get your podcast from and if you are listening on the podcast make sure to rate and review as well definitely something that we very much appreciate if you guys want to call into the voicemail line the number is 323-524-7924 and we try to get every charges voicemail playing on the show but we haven't talked about any undrafted free agents yet so maybe on tomorrow's show we'll get into some of our favorite undrafted free agents at this point to make the roster at some positions the charges are maybe a little thinner at so we'll get into that and much more. But thank you guys for checking us out today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bulls.